Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Here and There podcast. I'm your boy, V. As always, thank you guys so much uh, for your support and for checking out the podcast. I appreciate all the love you guys constantly show me um, through this little space that I've created just to um, talk about different things and cover different topics. I'm excited about today's episode because I have another guest. Um, as promised on previous episodes, I told you guys I'm going to start having more guests on because um, you are probably tired of hearing me just talk, talk, talk. So I wanted to bring people on um, and people who I admire what they do, not just anybody. Um, I study what they do. I look, I follow them and then um, try to bring them on just so they can talk about and share um, with you guys what they do. So today's episode, I have um, Kara Palmer with me. I'm going to do a little uh, intro about who Kara is. Um, so Kara is an advocate for all things humane. She is deeply invested in the emotional, mental, and spiritual health of families and communities. Kara has a passion for education and believes that knowledge is power. That's awesome. Um, she currently works in school in the School of Mental Health Research in the School of Mental Health Research at UMD and holds a Master's of Education in Community Development from Vanderbilt University. That's different. Um, <laughs> and Bachelor's in Psychology from Georgia State. Wow, Vanderbilt and Georgia. Kara, welcome, welcome, welcome. How are you? I'm really good. I'm excited to be here. Honored that you invited me and ready to talk. <laughs> oh, stop, stop, stop. Van, so you from where are you from exactly? Because Vanderbilt and Georgia State, that's yeah. My yeah. like school life is crazy. So I'm from Hyattsville, Maryland. I was living in PG until about like fifth grade, and then I moved out to Howard County. Um, so I'm from Maryland, PG slash Howard County, and then for college, I actually went to Delaware State my first two years. And then after Delaware State, I went to Georgia. And then after Georgia, I went to Tennessee. So. Dang. Well traveled. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real, if you think about it, uh, Highsville, then Howard County, and then uh-huh. Delaware State, and then um, Tennessee, Delaware right? State, and then Atlanta, right? <sighs> And then Tennessee. And actually, like, just to add, after that, I was in New York. I was in Harlem my last semester of grad <laughs> school. And then I moved back to Maryland last year. So I'm back. But yeah. Wow. Out of all those places, which one was your favorite place to um, mm, live? That's a hard decision. I would have to say Tennessee was probably my favorite place to live. And like at first it was a huge culture shock. Like it was really hard at first, but I grew to love it. Like just Mm. the small town feel, not of Nashville, but I was in a town called Hendersonville, Tennessee. And I like Mm. love the nature. Mm. I love the trees and the food there is delicious. They have hot chicken. So I would say Tennessee (laughs) was like my favorite, but I appreciated all of them. So. I definitely did not expect you to say yeah. Tennessee. Uh, that's that's what's up. That's what's up. Um, so welcome. Um, in your intro, uh, you talked about how you were deeply invested in emotional, mental, and spiritual health. Um, how, how are those different or similar in your opinion? Because mm-hmm. a lot of time when people talk about those three things, they kind of um, – I guess you can tie them together, but um, do you think there's really a big difference in those three or they all can go um, hand in hand? You mean like mental, emotional, and spiritual health? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think in our society we separate them, but I think in the way that we were created, they're one. Um, and I would like to see them merged, but I think when we think about like mental health, um, spiritual health, we think about church, mental health, we think about maybe seeing a therapist, but yeah. in my perspective, mm-hmm. they go hand in hand, like your spiritual growth in a way is affected by how mentally healthy we are, right? So if we're working on our internal state, if we're working on our relationships, it affects the way that we 
interact with God. So I think they all like play on another, but the way we address them are different, if that answers your question. Yeah, it, it does. It does. Um, that is a good point because I, I agree. Society, we do try to separate mm-hmm. the three. Uh, but when you look at it and think about it, like you just said, uh, if you're in a good mental state, that affects um, how you are emotionally. Right. Uh, and it definitely is, um, affects um, your spiritual, spiritual health. Um, because if you, for example, if you're somebody who you don't have a lot of um, like mental um, things that you're working on because you're in a good state. Um, you'll probably spend more time just focusing on your spirit on the spiritual side of mm-hmm. things. Um, probably reading your Bible more um, or just um, different things like that. I know recently, well, not recently, a couple months ago, I started um, attending yeah. therapy. And That's great. yeah, it, it's, it's interesting because when I was looking for a therapist, I I, I was I wanted to make sure that mm-hmm. she was Christian. I said she, why well, I, I just ruled out looking for a guy that's terrible. But anyways, um, <laughs> I wanted to make sure she was Christian. And looking mm-hmm. back now, I guess it's just it was because of that um, spiritual side. I wanted somebody who could relate mm-hmm. to my faith, uh, even though I was going somewhere for um, mental reasons I, I still was trying to find somebody who i could relate to yeah. spiritually um but we still like like you said we still try to um separate just separate everything i yeah definitely i definitely agree with you what you said about um the three going hand yeah hand. i think you know we try to separate them but i think it's i think you mentioned if we're in like if we're working on our mental state if we're not working on our mental state, then we may have more time for spiritual pursuits. Is that what you said? Yes. I, yes. I was just saying that in terms of just practical things that we do throughout the day, um, like times we dedicate to just spending, like spending time in God's presence. Um, for example, for me, um, I know anxiety was something that I struggle with Mm -hmm. going into therapy. Um, so I've noticed that throughout the day, I tend to do different things to help with that, like different breathing exercises, um, maybe just, yeah, going for a walk or something. Um, so maybe those things, I don't want to say take away from the time I spend with God, but, um, just saying that if maybe if I didn't have to do those things, um, I will focus more spiritually on um, what I have to do. Not saying that it's taken away from me, if that makes sense, but it's now something else that I have to focus on because it all goes hand in hand. Um, yeah, in I'm, that's interesting that you that you see it that way because I think that so for me the one of the reasons why Tennessee was my favorite place out of the places that I've lived was because of all the walks I used to take. So when I first moved to Tennessee, it was a huge culture shock, right? Like it was very segregated. The school I was going to was not very welcoming um, for my people, I would say. So it was a really hard transition. And one of the ways I coped with that was like going out for walks, like you just mentioned. And I think that was like one of the first times in my life where like trees really spoke to me. Like I would be walking and just admiring the trees nature and like those are things that god created right so i think for me like during those walks that would be like my quiet time with god yes i'm addressing my anxiety yes i'm addressing the fact that i'm in the middle of a hard transition but like the nature connected me to god and myself in a new way in a way that i hadn't like looked at it so um i think they can go hand in hand that is yeah that is a good way that is that is a good way to put it wow I, yeah i never um thought about thought about it that way because um yeah see i did see that was me trying to separate the th- the three that which is um terrible yeah. um but i i know something that my therapist try to get me to do a lot is go mm-hmm. for walks outside um uh, i'm not very mm-hmm. fond of the cold so that's something that i'm working on right um, right right yeah, because I'm I'm thinking that by her suggesting that is only just to help help me out with my anxiety or different things that I'm 
struggling with mentally, but I never thought about how it could also um, help me in a spiritual sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but qu- quiet time, as you know, is different to everyone. So that's a, that's a good way, definitely, for you to um, see, like, this is my quiet time of God admiring things that he created. So that is a really, really yeah, good point. Yeah, and I feel like God cares about our anxiety. So if we're doing something that's focusing on our anxiety or depression or whatever it is we're experiencing, like inviting God into whatever activity that is, asking for his will to be done in that activity is another way to just invite him in because he does care about all the parts of ourselves. So yeah. for sure, for sure. What, um, what drew you into um, just have just wanting to study um, psychology um first and also from that going into education um why did you choose um those two career paths yeah so when I was a kid I would say I was always like super interested in my family like I'm very different from some of my family members they're pretty like loud I tend to be more well you're loud I mean I can't Wow, I've never, I've never seen you talk. No, to not me. Kid, I'm saying not me. I'm saying my family members are very. I actually am like oh, okay, quite okay. outspoken, but it takes me a while to like get there. Anyway, so I was very different from my family members. So I would spend a lot of time, like just thinking about their personalities, like what made them the way that they are. Like very interested in some of our family dynamics. So I pursued psychology to kind of understand more about like people in the world and personality types and what makes people do the things that they do and why is this world set up the way that it is. So just some of those questions prompted me to study psychology. And my last two years of undergrad, I was a preschool teacher. So I was working with kids. Are you laughing? (laughs) I'm laughing because I was once a preschool teacher. But go ahead. How long were you a preschool teacher? Yeah, man. I was a preschool teacher for okay. about a year. Um at yeah, at um the C D C for okay, the Naval okay. Academy. So that was pretty interesting. No, but yeah, I'm no, sorry. That's interrupt. really cool. So yeah, I was a preschool teacher my last two years of undergrad. And um in those two years I was taking classes on like sociology and understanding like some of the ways that structural like racism works. So like food inequality, mm-hmm. um, low access to like healthcare or healthy food, stuff like that, food deserts. Mm-hmm. And I was working in a community in Georgia that didn't have a lot of those resources that showed a lot of that structural racism. And the kids I was working mm-hmm. with were obviously impacted by the way that the community was set up, right? Didn't have a lot of access to like extracurricular activities. Um, They weren't eating healthy food. Their parents were working really hard. Um, So just like seeing some of those signs of like trauma and mental health within the kids and their parents made me want to go on to study education. So that's why I got the master's in education so that I could figure out like how to start building in some of this mental health support in schools. Um, Because I think in my preschool, one huge thing that was missing was like this social emotional learning piece um, that would have been really beneficial Mm -hmm. for the kids to like regulate their emotions and also like just education for the parents as well around like mental health resources in their community. So just trying to fix a bunch of problems is why I kind of (laughs) chose, is why I chose the paths that I chose. Yeah. Um I yeah, this I mean the path that you chose is definitely somewhere that we I mean a, a path that we do need a lot of help in our especially mm-hmm. our community. Um that's within the um African American communities. Um we do have disadvantages in all those areas you just mentioned. Um so I'm glad that you 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 were trying to um you know, just help. I don't want to say fix everything, but help um, improve um, things going mm-hmm. on in those areas. Um, as you have been working in the field, um, what is one of the biggest, um, I don't want biggest, I don't want to say hurdle, but like what, what's, what has been one of your biggest challenges so far? Just um, 
from everything that you have worked on or like different communities that you have been in projects you've been involved in like what is one of the biggest challenges that you have faced so far hmm what's one of the biggest challenges i would say can i would want to say two but I'm trying to figure out a way to merge them. Okay. So the first thing that came to (laughs) mind was just like the fact that the work is being done kind of separately. So going back to your very first question about like, you know, mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, how are they Mm -hmm. the same or how are they different? Um, It's kind of the same in education Mm -hmm. sometimes, or we're trying to figure out like, how do we get these kids to learn how to read? How do we provide them healthy food? How do we um, take care of the community needs and like include parent voice, which is the second problem I would say. But just the fact that the work is being done kind of separately and the people leading the work aren't always talking to each other, but there are a lot of um, movements right now to try to bring the people in the same room and bring people at the same table to discuss the different solutions and then like find common ground. So at work, I'm actually in a fellowship that's dedicated to like partnering community organizations so that we can kind of have these okay. conversations around um, what the community de- what the community needs, number one, and then figure out how to leverage some resources to provide those needs. But I think the conversation piece, like just bringing everybody, all the stakeholders in the same room to talk about the problems is probably the first step and something that um, could be improved, I guess. Yeah, I I definitely feel that. Um, I feel like with that's with anything, right? Like communication or just having a conversation is really, um, really important. Right. Uh, Cause how are you going to get to the root of the problem or try to find solutions if you don't have conversations? Right. Um, so I think, I think that's definitely something that I can relate to. Um, even now with me just doing different outreach, um, things for my mm-hmm. nonprofit, um, it's just like reaching, trying to get different people who wants to be involved. Well, who I would like to be involved, um, uh, and just trying to reach out to them to just have that conversation on how we can help people out and make a difference. Um, that's been one of the biggest challenges mm-hmm. so far. Really? Um, everyone, yeah, everyone got their own thing going on. Everyone is busy. Um, and everyone might not be as invested as you are um, in whatever you're reaching out to them for, whatever you're trying to have the conversation about. Um, so I could, I can definitely relate to that challenge that you're having. Yeah. And I think, um, you mentioned a good point too, about like defining the problem too, like getting people in the same room so that we're all talking about the same thing. Cause I could be talking about like food insecurity and someone else is talking about, um, like grades or graduation rates, but just how can we make it so we're both addressing the same problem? Like at the end of the day, if kids are hungry, then their grades are going to suffer. They're not going to be able to pay attention in class. So how can we work together to get students to learn? Right. I think that's the the big picture here, but um, I think often the work Mm -hmm. just gets separated. So, yeah. Totally agree. In terms of um, you talking about like, just trying to help different communities are there specific communities in the state that you um try to target or focus on so for my work the fellowship yeah it's in baltimore city um right now like the surrounding area around university of maryland but we started so the Mm. fellowship actually started in february and covid happened yeah so the fellowship was only a year um so we're trying to we're trying to like figure out what our next steps are going to be since um, COVID kind of re, re made us to reimagine our work, I would say. Um, but one of the things, one of the purpose of the fellowship is for the staff members involved to kind of um, work with one another. So I actually partnered with one of our professors and we did a session on self-care and service for the law students. So like that was one way we made like a tiny impact. So the professor had like um, public interest law students who are working in the community and 
the session was just about why it's important to kind of take care of yourself and to like listen empathetically so that you can then go out and listen empathetically with your clients. Um, so that was like a small thing that we did, but yeah. Um, I don't know if that answers your question, but okay. No, it did, it did, it did, it did, it did, because I figure it was Baltimore, but I didn't yeah, want to assume. Um, yeah. So speaking of Baltimore, I'm also very invested in Baltimore. Um, love, love, love Baltimore. Uh, from what you like noticed so far, what would you say is like one of the biggest needs for students or like families in general in terms of um, just a mental, emotional and spiritual health um, area? Hmm. Like, What can we do? Like, I don't know, I don't, like, what can we do to help them practically, like, like in those areas or just what you have noticed so far is somewhere that they are really lacking and we have the ability to make an impact in those areas? Yeah, so I think we have ability. One of the main things that I've noticed is just the way that the structural like environment is set up and the impact that that has on our mental health. So I live in Mount Vernon, um, but like just buildings, for example, like growing up as a kid and seeing that your neighborhood isn't like well taken care of has an impact on the way that, you know, a child sees themselves. Like, am I enough for my neighborhood to be well kept? Um, So things like something super practical would be like organizing a small group to go and like clean up a neighborhood. Or I've seen a group do like plant community gardens which is something that is um, therapeutic in a way to kind of plant things, but also like helps with the built environment. Um, Another thing is just to start conversations, um, partner with organizations that are kind of already doing the work and then um, see what they need and kind of just help some of the things that are already moving. But the built environment is definitely something that comes up for me when thinking about Baltimore City. Man, it makes me so angry when I'm just driving in the city and you see just the difference in living mm-hmm. situations. Uh, for example, man, you can literally the houses across the street from mm-hmm. John Hopkins are terrible. And you got John Hopkins Hospital right there on right. Charles Street. And then you look across the street and you see people living condition. You see the type of houses they're living in. Like. You know, it just doesn't make sense to me, and it's one of one of the things that really, really um, blows my mind, and it hurts to see. Um, and I definitely agree that just how growing up in that type of environment, growing up in a certain living condition, can definitely impact how you see yourself, um, or just when you grow up like the type. I don't know. I don't want to assume, but I I'm pretty sure it can impact have an impact on you on you, on you emotionally um mm-hmm. and maybe even spiritually right because if you're living in that type of situation you can easily say like you can even easily have the mindset that god doesn't really right. care about you because if he did like why would you be living like this when everybody else is living like that right. um so i know for me it, it would definitely have that type of impact i don't want to speak for people i speak for anybody else um, is that something that you would say uh, is possible? Like just growing up, the type of environment you grow up in can have an impact on who you are mentally, um, emotionally, and definitely spiritually. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's a part of like structural racism and, and racial trauma. Man, don't and, get me no, started. And racial trauma is just the way. You look at communities yeah. with high numbers of black people and high numbers of poverty and um, look at the ways that the community is structured. And it's first of all, it's not just the built environment. It's also like really hard to access things like grocery stores. Right. And our food has yes. a direct impact on our emotional, spiritual, mental health. Um, if we're not taking care of our bodies yes. and we're not going to be able to um, be present in the world to really so to really access full potential, which kind of goes to Maslow's like hierarchy of needs, not sure if you're familiar, but it's basically just a model that mm-hmm. kind of shows the different needs that we have as human beings. And at the very top is self-actualization or like fulfilling our potential. 
So I feel like that is a key spiritual piece, like just thinking about like purpose and that we're all made for a unique purpose. That self-actualization depends on our basic needs being met. And at the very bottom of that pyramid are things like shelter, um, food, access to clean water, access to clean air. And the way that structural racism works is that it's really hard to get those basic needs met in the communities where you can't access um, healthy food, you don't have clean air, you can't really rest because where are the parks, right? The parks aren't well taken care of. Um, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is such a good point. Like, it's funny because if you think about it now, when you go in um, communities, like low-income community, underserved mm-hmm. communities, um, like just, for example, just the grocery store part, you're not going to see a Wegmans no. there. <laughs> you're not you're not going to see, like, a Shoppers or something there. Uh, just places that have um, good products, you're not going to see them mm-hmm. in these communities. And I just really never thought about it. Like, that could really, that really impacts, like, how you, like, who you are as a person. Like, just having access to a good grocery store, a good food, yeah. um, or, like, just the right food because you can have still have access to a grocery store but grocery stores in those neighborhoods might get um ingredients that they might be the last they might be at the bottom of the totem pole in terms of when they get deliveries for yeah. example um cause they don't they're not even thinking about those areas or those stores or those communities um so that is a really good point i've never really even thought about just something as simple as a grocery store it's, it's like huge. it's huge wow yeah that's that is crazy. Yeah, that's 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 a really good point. And not just with stores, but like with school mm-hmm. systems. Um, we, I don't even want to get started on the Baltimore City school system. Like, it's like they they don't invest any type of they don't they don't they don't invest in the school system in the city at all. Like, it is it is it's it's terrible. Like, it's terrible yeah. to see. Um, and then they they wonder why. You know, kids do certain things or kids are certain certain ways because the investment is not there. Um, and then that could lead to different things. So it's, it's just sad to see. Yeah, it, it is sad to see. And I think, you know, I feel like the issues are super complicated because people are doing their best. Like I know that teachers are working really hard um, right now. And just are. the fact that like schools are virtual and like issues with access to computers and technology. Um, I know there's a big movement to make sure that students are, do have that access to technology so that they can at- attend classes. But, um, mm-hmm. you're right. It's a very complicated issue. And going back to your other question about like, what are some of the biggest issues right now? I think another one is just hearing from, parents and families and community members about what exactly is needed um, so that Mm -hmm. we can know how to like help in a way or support. But I think because trust isn't always there between big institutions and um, people living in the community or the people being served, it's kind of hard to have those conversations and to understand what's needed so that we can support but that's also a reason why yeah. people who are being directly affected need to kind of have more leadership roles or at least a strong voice at the table so that they have this decision-making power when we're th- talking about like solutions. So, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Um, one of the, one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on um, is just talk also just talk about, um, the great content that you drop on Instagram all the time <laughs> for the people. Um, so Kara has an IG page. Um, it's called it um, Humanity yes. Lessons. Um, so please check it out. Please, please check it out. Um, I, besides you, um, one besides you just having a passion um, for everything human, um, what was one of the reasons behind you just starting a page and just wanting to um, get key and useful information out to people yeah so I started humanity lessons in January of this year and what prompted that was so I was a facilitator for 
something called Courageous Conversations in Howard County. Have you heard of it? Never. All right. So Courageous Conversations, it's something that is hosted by like Howard County churches and faith organizations to have conversations with community members about race and religious bias. So the purpose is to invite um, different community community members across like race and religion to come sit down and kind of talk about some of the ways that they've experienced bias in the community. And um, I was a facilitator and in our facilitator training, we were learning how to like practice non-judgment, like non-judgmental listening and Um, to be still and things like that. And I was just thinking this is basic things like be respectful of someone else's opinion. Like if someone shares something that, you know, you don't necessarily like, listen, ask questions, don't necessarily judge the person or like lash out. So just going through that training, I'm like, well, these are basic like human things that we should be doing to each other. This should be taught in like schools, like growing up, we should be learning how to listen to one another Um, And really that stems with being able to listen to ourselves. Like if we can't listen to ourselves, if we don't know how to listen to God, then we're not going to know how to listen to other people and show that same respect because we only get what we have. So that's what really prompted Mm -hmm. me to start Humanity Lessons and just kind of share really really simple and practical ways to kind of build up that self-love, which ultimately leads to being able to serve other people. Yeah, and you definitely do drop some great contents on here. Um, Yeah, for real, for real. Um, Every day, there's something quality on the timeline from your page. I'm not just saying that because you're here. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Great work. Um, I know not just me, but I have a lot of friends who check the page out, who follow the page, and they all love um, the content that you drop. So, just wanted to give you a shout out and say, keep it up. Uh, we appreciate it. Thank you. Because uh, I definitely agree. Just you'll be amazed at people who don't know how to do simple things. Like you said, just respecting someone else when they're speaking. Don't interrupt them. Uh, I've had many lives the same because um, because I was. <laughs> <laughs> so I did my uh-huh. internship um, at this um rehab facility in a way um and at the rehab facility it was for people coming out of jail um and they had they had um like group counseling Mm -hmm. sessions and it was just interesting to see men who are like 40 Mm -hmm. 50 um just learning like things like what you just said like just learning how to respect each other learning how to not interrupt when the other person is talking um things like you said like we should learn at a young age um but a lot of people didn't and a lot of people who didn't learn that are also on social media now and they get a chance um they might just run across your page one day and see what you're doing and that could really have a huge impact um on on them as a person so um, definitely what you're doing is needed um, and appreciated. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks a lot. Yeah, no problem. What was like the goal? Like, was there like a goal in mind when you started it? Like, I'm trying to do this and then I'm done. Or like, you just wanted to just get information out to people. Yeah. So um, the goal, I think, was just to share like things that I've also learned uh, throughout my journey, throughout my spiritual journey and also like mental health journey in school, but as well as like personally. So it's just to share like practical things that people can take back with them. And it's also to share the importance of like self-reflection, because like, for Mm -hmm. example, on my Wisdom Wednesdays, you know, I end with a question that people can kind of take with them because I think that's what the work is for each of us is to kind of do the self-reflection. I think it's great to share tips, which I do, but at the end of the day, I think transformation really comes from like just sitting with ourselves, reflecting and really doing the digging so that we can all like move toward this life that we want to see. So the goal is just to share and help people um, as of now and we'll see where it goes, I guess. 
Awesome. And you also have a um a website where you post yep. on blog. You yes. do blog posts. Um it's called need the website is needingnothing.com. Yes. Um and that is N two E's D I N G nothing with a G at the end. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, oh. so definitely um, check out her uh, blog post on there. Um, are the contents on the blog post different from what you post on the page? Um, maybe I would say the blog post is more of like my reflections on things. So I have blog posts about like confidence and gratitude, um, things like that, and like what does needing nothing even mean, right? So that came from really understanding yeah that was my next question yeah go ahead like no i'm kidding (laughs) go ahead (laughs) no go no no no. it's great that you're saying it go ahead so that came from i was doing bible study uh we were doing a james bible study and we were studying the first chapter and the third fourth verse talk about like just the value of our challenges and that testing faith produces endurance right And at the end of all the challenges, we become mature and complete, needing nothing, right? So the purpose behind the blog is just to kind of understand that life's challenges are to build us and that what we need is really within, right? Life's challenges come to strip us of the things we think we need so that we go back to the basics, which is that God has given us what we need and it's within. So that's what needing nothing is about. That's what the content on there is really about. Um, but again, it just goes back to self-reflection. So, yeah. Uh, that's, that's that's a deep meaning right there. <laughs> wow. You know, some of us, when we name things, we just be like, huh, it sounded good. But you got a whole, wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, so you provide all this content for people. Um like, what are some project practical steps you take to help, like, help you, like, mentally? Because, mm-hmm. uh, like you said earlier, you take walks. Uh, well, like, what are some other things that you do that you feel like um, help you um, a lot? Yeah, so walks. Nature is definitely a huge one. <clears throat> I try to, try to stay connected uh, to family and community as much as possible. I think that's huge as well. I'm an introvert, which means I get my energy from being alone. But it doesn't mean that introverts don't need people, right? So just staying um, around people and also like sharing what's going on is a huge thing for me um, so that I can get like poured back into because I think as quote unquote helpers, we like to give out a lot of stuff. But, you know, I just like to remind Mm -hmm. myself that I need help as well. And it's important for me to kind of share what's going on in my life um, with the people that I trust and love. Um, therapy is also a huge one, huge advocate of therapy. Um, I have a regular appointment with my therapist. It's super important. That's another way to kind of have the accountability, but also speak to an objective professional person that can pour into us. Mm. Um, so yeah, just things like that. And also being mindful of the gifts that I have is something that really helps me too. So like sharing on humanity lessons or sharing on my blog or serving at church, those are all ways that I um, take care of my spiritual, emotional, and mental health as well. Just being reminded of the gift that we are to other people is important for like our self-esteem, mm. self-love too. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I'm. I'm also. An, I think I'm an introvert. I don't know, man. It depends. <laughs> um, yeah. So the podcast is definitely the most talking I do. It, like, it probably really like, is. I, I believe that. Yeah, I don't I don't talk much unless unless like I'm really, really comfortable mm-hmm. and close to you. Um and then like I'm like a different whole different person, but like Hello. I don't really do a lot of talking. Um so I definitely understand um what you're saying in terms of just being an introvert and just finding different ways um uh, to um get things out or get things across. I would say this is definitely my way um of doing that and therapy is also another way for sure um of doing that. Another dive into um it's just like the type of the impact this year has had on you. I know this year has been a lot for everybody. Um uh, and I just wanted to ask you like 
how has this year impacted you and what are some steps that you took to just make sure that you stay in a good uh, mental, spiritual and emotional state? Yeah, so 2020 has been really transformative, I would use in a word. It's just been like, it's been a lot, but it's also like kind of forced me to pause. I remember back in March, like when I first learned about the pandemic, um, I was feeling really like, I didn't first learn about it in March, no. March is when we shut down. That's when I was really starting to get kind of like, anxious and just think about like well, what's going to happen like at work or what's going to happen with my family you know just those questions that come up um but i think over time i've just been feeling extremely blessed um that god has kept me i feel blessed for my health and the things that i've done in the meantime um is really just pour into people as best I can, or like just do the things that I felt called to do for a while, but didn't always have the time to do. So um, Pastor Stephen actually sent a message to Dream Team about like maximize the margin way back in, way back in March. I don't know if you remember that. But yeah, his yeah. message about maximizing um, the margin was really just inspirational for me. And it just caused me to like, go hard on the things that, you know, are within my sphere of influence. I think that's a huge thing. The serenity prayer keeps me. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to make a difference. That prayer is something that I say quite often. And, and it just reminds me of the agency that I do have. Um, it keeps me in a spirit of gratitude to be thankful for the things I have and the things that I can do to kind of contribute to the change that I want to see. So that's what's really kept me through this year. Um, and I am actually looking forward to 2021 to see how things evolve, you know? Right. Yeah, definitely looking forward to 2021 um, just to see how things get better and return to sure. some type of normalcy. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Sounds like you used the, uh, the time just um shut down to just help you grow in different areas. Right. Yep. I would say so. I mean, it was difficult. I actually moved to Baltimore City during this pandemic in like the end of March, the first day that we had the stay at home order. I was planning to move, so I moved that day. Um so just like moving to a new city was also difficult and trying to learn about Baltimore City and find a grocery store, going back to what we were talking about before, but um it worked out so awesome that's good to hear before we get into the closing questions are there any questions you have for me um what's your i guess intention or like how did you see 2020 for you and what's your intention for 2021 right now how did i see 2020 um wow that's that is a great question how <laughs> did i see 2020 Man, um, I thought it was gonna be the year of breakthrough for me. Uh, thought a lot of a lot of things were gonna happen. Still believing for those things to happen. We still have time in twenty twenty. Yes, we do. Uh, so just things career wise, I thought it was gonna change. Uh, I'll be better. Uh, didn't happen yet, but I'm still believing that it's gonna happen. So. Um, but the lockdown, just being shut down, had a lot to do with that not happening. Uh, but I really expected a lot of different things to happen that didn't, but a lot did happen that I'm thankful and blessed for. Uh, with starting my nonprofit, uh, one of the biggest things that happened. Congrats, congrats. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, me getting engaged. Yes, congrats. Huge. <laughs> thank you thank you so a lot of great things um happened in 2020 definitely thankful for those things um but it was definitely an interesting year uh, man it was one that we wouldn't want to repeat in certain areas but we're still blessed to say that we're here uh, i'm blessed to say that i'm here definitely and looking forward to 2021 um and just seeing how what I started in 2020 grows um, and just finding breakthrough in different areas um, that I'm believing for. 
That's great. I hope I answered you did. your question. Breakthrough is the intention for 2021. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Oh, man. Any other questions before that's I, all, I that's close all. it out? All right. So the fun question, uh, fun questions. Um, uh, so the first one is, um, five seats at a five seats at a dinner table, dead or alive. Who are who will you choose and why? Yes, yes. Five seats at a dinner table. First of all, I love to eat, so I was excited about this question. Um, <laughs> I don't cook much, but I love to eat. Um, number one, the first thing I thought about. You know, you know that's not a what? good correlation, right? You know. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Okay. Right. Um, it's one of my areas for growth. Okay. So <laughs> you you know you had a lot of time in, in shutdown to just see you know, that grow wasn't in that one area, of the things I I'm, felt called to do. Uh, so uh, I didn't pour I didn't pour okay. into that potential gift. It's just not a gift, but you know. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> Um, I would say, so the first person would definitely be my dad. So my dad actually passed away in 2015. So I would love to have an opportunity to just like sit down and have another conversation with him. Like he was always very supportive of me following like my dreams and going after what I wanted to do. So just being able to like recap and like tell him about all the things that have happened would be great. Um, Dr. Anita Phillips. She talks a lot about faith, the intersection of faith and mental health. Um, She is just so, what is it, transformative in this space of like faith and mental health. So just to learn from her, I think would be great. Um, Does she, where where can we find Dr. Anita Phillips? She has an Instagram Mm -hmm. and she has a podcast actually called In the Light. Um, where she talks okay. about like racial trauma and she talks about um, how the Bible supports the importance of mental health and caring for ourselves in that way. Okay. Um, it's awesome. really, really good. She has, she's also like preached at this next person on my list. She's preached at TD Jake's church, which he's my other guest, but she did a sermon called good ground. Highly recommend y'all watch that. Um, but T.D. Jakes is next, obviously, because he's T.D. Jakes. Like, he's had such an impact on right. my spiritual walk, like, just listening to his sermons. He's a great, like, educator and teacher of the word, just the things that he breaks down. Um, and can I plug something else? He is actually doing something tonight. Yeah. Well, I don't know when you're going to release this, so. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even plug it. Yo, just for you, I should release it right now and be like, uh, tonight, tonight. Guys, well, maybe tonight. they can go back, but he has something on black mental health tonight. So that's um, Parker Palmer. <laughs> do you, I don't know if you're aware of him, but he's an author, a teacher, educator, activist. Um, and he has a book called Let Your Life Speak, which is like a, re- a book that I really love. It's just about the importance of like paying attention to our lives and um, how God has called us to make change specifically. So him, just because of his wisdom and the fifth member was hard. I was trying to think of like an artist, a newer artist I've heard of, and I'm going to go with Joseph Solomon. What is Joe doing on Instagram? Just because I love his music. I love his covers. And I've recently like, wanted to learn to play the guitar so i feel like he'd be great to talk to so those are my five wow those yeah. are some good picks man and your reason for picking them are really outstanding that, that's awesome um okay uh-huh. last question listen to the rules of this question <laughs> right so <laughs> Mind you, whoever you, the person that you name after I ask mm-hmm. you this question, right? You have to assist with uh, getting them on the wow. podcast. Okay, okay. So, who is one? If there's one person you feel like I should have on the podcast, who would it be? And like I said, you have to. If it's somebody I know, of course, I. But like, if it's somebody that you know better, you have to assist with getting them on the podcast. 
Okay, okay, let me think, let me think. When you say assist, that means I just like ask because the person, the person, so the person that comes to mind, I know him from following him on Instagram, but like I don't know him directly, but I can still assist you. Um, his name is Richard wow. Taylor Jr. Richard Taylor Richard Dot Taylor Jr. He does. He is a mental health um, expert as well, but he also does a lot for like mental health in men and the importance of like vulnerability in men. I think he would be great to talk to. Um, I heard your podcast on vulnerability and I listened to your podcast about um, going into therapy and I think y'all have a lot to talk about. Um, And I'd definitely be willing to like send him a message and see. Man, I just just checked out his page. Um, Yeah, so, okay, uh, Richard, (laughs) if you out there listening, we got to get you on the podcast. Um, we're going to make it happen in 2021. We're going to get Richard on the podcast and do an episode. Um, but I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you um, so much for making the time during this busy December that we're in uh, to come on the podcast. I hope you enjoy having the conversation. Um and I look forward to just um, recording future episodes with you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you inviting me and getting a chance to have a conversation that's much needed. So I hope you enjoy, get some rest of this course. season and enjoy your holidays. Thank you. I will. And you do the same and be safe. Um, and everyone else, thank you guys so much um, for tuning in and listening to us <laughs> ramble um, about things. Um, appreciate you guys. Appreciate I appreciate all the support and the love. Be safe. Have a happy holiday. Um, spread some joy out there. Go out in the communities. Um, give back. Uh, and just give people that love and feeling that you're feeling during this season that they may not have. Um, and as always, appreciate y'all checking out the Here and There podcast. Peace.